All right, good afternoon. Um, my goal in doing this is I'm in the political science program at the University of Missouri. So uh, being interested in Austrian economics, I wanted to uh, apply economic or Austrian theories and methods uh, toward uh, political science questions. And the formation and maintenance of interest groups seems like a very good start for this. Uh, within political science, we have uh, three dominating theories of group formation. Uh, one is disturbance, another is called exchange theory, and the other is patronage. Uh, these theories uh, have dominated the, uh, the, uh, I, or the, the ideas of uh, interest group formation, why they're formed uh, for uh, quite some time. Um, David Truman uh, uh, came up with the idea of a disturbance theory, and this is based on the idea that uh, there are two processes that lead to group formation. Uh, the first is social change. Uh, this is the kind of the concept that uh, with advances in uh, you know, prosperity and so forth, uh, people will gravitate towards different occupations and develop different interests. So old uh, interests will fade away while new ones uh, emerge. Uh, the second uh, aspect of, or the second uh, process is are these disturbances. And what these are, these are, uh, you know, uh, disruptions of stable patterns of interaction between people, such as technological change and so forth. Uh, and those, these two are supposed to em uh, emerge in an, and imply a, a group uh, creation. So a group formation results from the conditions that create a demand for collective action. Uh, Manker Olson in 1965, uh, regarded as kind of demolishing this theory, uh, said that it, it, it has a problem, it, it can't answer the collective action problem. And so Salisbury comes up with this exchange theory, and this is the first time we see the word entrepreneur as an explanation for group formation and maintenance. And this, uh, this, this uh, exchange relationship uh, is the idea that uh, an exchange is being made between the entrepreneurs or the organizers and the members of a group. So the entrepreneurs will invest capital to create a set of benefits. Uh, the members will pay a price for membership. And the entrepreneurial return on investment is the power to lobby uh, on the member's behalf. So group success or failure is determined by the attractiveness of the set of selective benefits. Uh, Manker Olson uh, opined that you needed to offer some kind of selective benefits that, it, that others, the free riders, wouldn't be able to obtain. And so... Uh, Salisbury comes up with uh, materials, solidary, and purposive benefits. And uh, material is very self-explanatory. These are the tangible uh, benefits one receives from group membership, say discounts on insurance or maybe a, a discounted rate at the shooting club for if you belong with the NRA, that type of thing. Uh, solidary benefits are the social rewards that you receive. So uh, group like, like dances or balls or, or uh, uh, some kind of activity where you're able to associate with others and form just personal bonds and so forth. Uh, and then purposive uh, is a, like a, a psychic reward uh, from the group's pursuit of collective goods. So you, you know, in this regard, the member is glad to give their money because they want to see some purpose uh, furthered. Uh, patronage theory has a different approach to the free rider problem uh, that... that Olson talked about and, and espoused by Jack Walker more clearly in 1983, uh, he offered that group mobilization depends more on attracting patrons outside of membership. Uh, and he says this will uh, increase the stability of, um, uh, of wealthy sponsors to make sure that the going concern for the group is maintained. 
this, however, downplays the entrepreneur. That is, that sponsors are you know, they're, they're not encouraged by the benefit package offered to members, you know, because they're giving well beyond what it costs to you know get discounts on insurance or or lower rates at the the shooting club. Uh, so the Austrian critique here, uh, you know, we'll cover the, these four things: you know, the 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 change of, or the attitude toward functional entrepreneurship instead of the occupational entrepreneurship, with the, which is dominating in the political science literature. Um, and the unique role of members that is not uh, considered by political scientists. And combining these, we, we, we form a new typology uh, that varies from political science. So here's a study in 1996 by Nouns and Neely, and they wanted to see if there was a, uh, you know, they wanted to test the exchange theory versus Walker's patronage theory. So they sent out a survey to 60 interest group entrepreneurs, which were founders, uh, six of these entrepreneurs were entirely funded by foundations, and four were recruited by patrons. Now, here's some examples of what the survey data, survey data contained. And so one respondent explained that she met a foundation representative of Congress in Aspen who discussed with her the need for a group to do what they do, and subsequently the foundation offered her seed money and a job as head of the organization. Another entrepreneur uh, stated that the foundation told me they, f- they would fund it, so I said I'd do it. <laughs> and then the founder of an anti-abortion group reported that her church basically demanded that she form a group and then gave her the necessary seed money. And then, so those of you who don't know, the seed money is that, that, that first, you know, uh, you know, batch of money that you're able to start the group with before you have members and so forth. All right, so as we've seen, the, the political science has this dominating occupational treatment. Uh, the entrepreneur is a manager of capital, not an owner. And so we're going to compare this to the Austrian uh, concept of judgment. And we have, and this is the functional treatment, right? Describes an activity or process where one is risking his own capital under conditions of uncertainty. And this has to operate under mundane circumstances. Now, what is uh, very unique is uh, that political science literature treats the members as consumers of a product, they, you know, trying to, to create this analogy between market processes and uh, interest group politics, or interest group formation, I should say, is that they want to kind of keep them together to, so they can show how, it, show how, how the, uh, the interest group forms. But uh, Rothbard points out that members occupy a dual role. That is, they're both the consumers and the producers when they become members of an interest group. So he explains this difference here that, you know, within a business, consumers are separate from the producers, right? Separate sources of funds where the consumer or the customer, you know, expenditures uh, and the entrepreneurial investments provide the funds. With an interest group, the consumers are the donor investors and they provide that dual purpose source of funds. So, uh, if we take the example of maybe a pen or a pencil-making company, you know, your, your consumers will be buying the pens because they want to use a pen, whereas the investors are investing money in the company because they want to return on their investment. They don't care what type, if it's a BIC or whatever, they just, they just want to know that it's profitable and it can earn them a return. On the interest group side, however, the, the member is consuming the services of the uh, of the interest group because he's satisfied with the, the purpose that it holds, is satisfied with the material benefits they receive, but he's also the produ- producer because 
the uh, those who manage the capital can only use so much, at, can only, uh, you know, further the goals as, uh, with as much money as they receive from the members. So the organizational purpose here is to serve the goals of the donor investors. This creates a different typology. Under the Salisburyan typology or the the exchange theory typology, as you see, there are four basic uh, kinds of ways that you know, uh, groups form. So the first is with uh, individuals with their own money. This seems kind of uh, basic and intuitive that both Salisburyan and the Austrian understanding would consider this, the, the individual, as the entrepreneur, the person moving the market, right, M- moving resources. Uh, the second is individual approaches a patron for funding and an individual retains founding rights. Now, what I mean by end, uh, retaining founding rights is that let's say that the, 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 the wealthy patron decides that doesn't like the way that the membership is going, they can always withdraw funds, but they can't fire the, the, the organizational leader. So in this case, the, the individual uh, entrepreneur would still retain that entrepreneurial function. Now, when we get to the third and the fourth, we have something different here, uh, which, is, uh, which varies from political science. Uh, the individual approaches the patron for funding, and the patron retains founding rights. This is the case where an individual has an idea, comes to a wealthy sponsor, and he says, sure, I do that, but I'm going to go ahead and control the ultimate decision-making process. I'll fire you if I don't think you're doing a very good job. And the same thing happens with the, the fourth, which where a patron, it, it describes the, the three examples I gave, where the patron approaches an individual to manage the patron's funding. So you can see that the uh, Austrian, uh, you know, focus here is, is, is on the entrepreneurial function and not just on a title. So when we see this, you know, when we use this as in, in, the, uh, in the application of what's going to happen within, uh, or within groups is that we can see some of the changes in entrepreneurial decisions being made is that, one, you might have a change in mission. For those, for those familiar with MAD, uh, started in the early 80s by Candy Leitner. Uh, she wanted to you know, put an end to you know, or, or stop uh, drunk driving deaths, right? Wanted to uh, uh, curb the amount of uh, individuals that uh, would die because of them. Uh, over time, she succeeded, and, 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 and uh, you know, law, new laws were passed to lower blood alcohol level uh, requirements for driving, and she, you know, the, the, the group saw uh, drunk driving deaths reduced. But the problem was, is after they succeeded, well, what's the need for the group, right? You know, the, the, the members are, well, okay, the drunk driving deaths are down, why do I need to keep you know, funding the group. So what they do is they change the mission. And this uh, Candy Leitner famously um, stepped down from uh, MAD because she didn't like the way that the group was going. They're becoming more neo-prohibitionist. Uh, you know, one of the, the, the BAC levels were reduced even further. Uh, in fact, she testified on behalf of the uh, American Beverage Institute when, they, when, when, when the, the .08 laws were being uh, uh, proposed. Uh, and you also have a, a, the idea of spinoff or competing groups. You know, if we, we, we think of the NRA as the leader in uh, gun rights uh, interest group, you know, but it started in 1871. Over time, it's, you know, it's gained, it's, it's up to 4.5 million members. Whereas the GOA, or the Gun Owners of America and Jews for the Preservation of uh, fire or Firearm Ownership, 
um, have much smaller uh, memberships. And part of this reason is that uh, individuals in the GOA and the, I have that backwards, JPFO, um, they have you know, you know, more, I guess you'd determine, extremist views on gun ownership rights. And so you, you'd be able to have the, entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial function going on there is where the founder of the GOA, H.L. Uh, Richardson, you know, was, was not as satisfied with the, the way the NRA was going on, you know, with, with the way they were going. And so you see the GOA uh, opposing the NRA and a lot of uh, legislation that the NRA actually supported. So you have the gun right, or the, the, the gun control acts of uh, 1968 and so forth. Uh, so what are the role, role of disturbances here? We've, we've uh, uh, kind of ignored Truman during this whole process. But uh, with disturbances, disturbances in the, uh, the Austrian uh, idea is that Members, you know, have they, they have an increased or decreased desire to sacrifice that uh, lesser benefit, which is the use of money elsewhere, uh, for a greater benefit uh, in donations. So we think of uh, instance or, or things that happen like the Sandy Hook shooting, uh, where you have, uh, you know, you may see an, uh, a spike in membership because people have a greater incentive; they see a greater threat coming from gun control advocates. Uh, so then, so they do play some role in there. Uh, so the conclusion is that you know current political science fails to to provide a strong and cohesive theory of group formation uh, by treating the entrepreneur from an occupational perspective and not looking at that functional uh, perspective. So using the functional approach uh, developed by Austrian economists, uh, we can gain a, or gain a better understanding of how the the force moves interest group uh, direction of its resources. Thanks.